Radio Newark, the home of Radio Newark Sport. Weeknights from 7. Radio Newark Sport. Brought to you with Smith's Timber Merchants. For all your fencing, decking and DIY needs on Appleton Gate, Newark. Visit smithstimber.co.uk. Tonight, Newark Rugby Club captain Will Britton is back at Sport HQ and this time he's brought his mother along with him. I'm Mick Bradley, he's Tony Smith and we are live on FM, DAB and around the world online and of course now on Instagram. This is the renowned Radio Newark Sport. And as ever, we begin with some of the local names making the news. And Coddington's Owen Wilby started off his cycling road racing season with a win in the senior men's single gear race at the Run and Ride event, Canic Chase. Jaguars Wheelchair Basketball Club are enjoying a good season with the first team second in the National League South, two points behind the leaders, Thames Valley. Jags 2 are fifth in Division 3, but only five points off the top pick of our runners over the weekend goes to Newark Athletic Club's Jan Bailey who came home in 7th place in the VET 45 category at the Trafford 10k and to football and Oli G rolled back the years with a brace of the Newark veterans as they moved to within three points of leaders, Southwell City. And Newark referee David Coote, of course, was fourth official at the Carabao Cup final on Sunday. The award for the maddest run of the week goes to Not Fast Andy Floyd, who ran the 15k Dark and White Peak Spring Series event on Sunday in a time of two hours, three minutes and nine seconds. All the not fast news to come, of course, with Graham round about 7.20. And at 7.50, we talk to a young lady who was a player escort at the City Grand for the Women's League Cup Final on Saturday. Holly Walker joins us round about 7.45. And there is live football tonight if you want to go and watch it. Take your wireless with you. Station Road, Collingham, where Collingham take on the high flyers of Harworth Colliery. But as ever, we start with a look at the back pages. And Steve Bruce accused these Newcastle players of switching off after West Brom friend an unlikely comeback before the Magpies reached the FA Cup quarterfinals for the first time since 2006. Unfortunately, it's in our DNA, a relieved Bruce said, whose side are battling to stay out of the relegation zone in the Premier League. Freeing the up, we switched off. Um... Newcastle, reaching an FA Cup quarter-final for the first time since 2006. Ridiculous. Prop, Mako Vinopula, who we spoke about earlier on in the week, and uh, remember he come through Hong Kong Airport, so he decided to, to self-isolate, and as such was unavailable for England's match at the weekend. But apparently, he's training with his club Saracens. 
The Rugby Football Union confirmed on Tuesday that he was not available for Saturday's Six Nations game against Wales after he travelled through Hong Kong. RFU spokesman said that Vinapula was not sick, but he was not in camp on medical grounds. However, he is available for Sarah's Premiership match with Leicester. Figure that one out if you can. We'll stick with rugby because it's going to be a rugby night and concussions were reduced by 28% at the 2019 Rugby World Cup compared with the 2018. Well, that's pretty much because Will Britain weren't playing in it. It was um, it was the first um, World Cup to use high tackle sanction framework, offering guidance on how to punish a dangerous contact. And we'll talk about that one in a couple of minutes because so, it's confused me. 74% more yellow cards and 138% more red cards in the tournament was that good for the game or not good for the game we'll let you two work that one out and president donald trump faces a long wait before his turnbury golf course stages and open the Asia course which last staged the championship in 2009 has been overlooked for the 2023 event which is going to royal troon just seven years after it was last played there trump has spent over 200 million pound improving um the course at turnbury but apparently it can't get the large crowds that um, the RNA want because of its remote setting. You'd have thought somebody might have told him that beforehand, but there again, he probably didn't listen if they did tell him that beforehand. And um, Tony, especially for you, the FA um, have clarified something on coronavirus. A number of National League system leagues have contacted the FA to seek guidance on the pre-post-match handshakes in order to control the potential spread of the virus. The FA is following government advice, which at the time of writing does not offer any advice, to say that we should not be shaking hands, but highlights the emphasis on good hygiene at all times. However, if teams are happier not to shake hands, or to try an alternative method like fist bumping, then that's absolutely their choice and leagues are encouraged to be understanding in teams making their choices. Should teams decide not to shake hands or opt for an alternative method, it must be conveyed to the match referee before the start of the game. You're nearly speechless, aren't you? Yeah, I mean, it's... um, All this coronavirus stuff, my favourite quote that's come out of it, is Neville Southall, the former Everton and Wales goalkeeper, who, and I've got to pray see this, who said, people ought to wear gloves, because I wore gloves and I caught nothing. That's where I had to quickly put in nothing there compared to what Neville said. <laughs> brilliant, brilliant. Right, a quick, a, a quick trip through them stories. I do feel sorry for President Trump spending 200 million and then realising it was in the middle of nowhere, so he was never going to get another one. Mm. I feel more sorry for the Americans who voted him in, but go on. <laughs> uh, Vinopola, I, I just that's, I just can't figure this one out. There's that, got to be more. There's got to be more. <laughs> I mean, come on. Who's, who's, guiding, who's guiding the RFU these days? The FA? My favourite line of this week uh, is, is, is one of yours, and that is that um, the uh, Ireland versus Italy game has been postponed, but England's trip to, uh, to, to Rome hasn't. And so, uh, basically, you said, well, presumably that's because Rome is uh, in, the, in, the, in the south and is away from the main sort of corona sort of area in Italy, but then again, so is Dublin. 
<laughs> yeah, it does, it, 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 I'm, 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 str- I'm struggling on that, on that, that yeah. one. Um, as an investigative journalist that I am, oh yeah, you know, um, I've He's been played Cluedo. Yes, um, yeah. I, I've been doing a little bit of homework, and what you like to do is, is talk to the managers and, and the coaches just to find out what the team is likely to be mm. at the weekend. You know, with Joins and, and, and Craig and all yeah. them. And I did that, I did that with new, the rugby club, and there was a glaring, glaring absentee. The captain. The captain. Now I understand that more often than not, the captain of the rugby club's injured and won't be playing. Is there an international? This is fit. So <laughs> where is he on Saturday? Why is he not going to Loughborough when you. he's the fit and he is the I'm captain of Newark Rugby Club? I'm <laughs> completely dumbfounded that, which yeah. is a good time to say good evening to Will Britton, the captain of Newark <laughs> Rugby Club. Evening, how are we? So let's, let's get the excuses out of the way. Uh, it's a bit wet, isn't it? <laughs> you know, it was back, so like, I don't want the boots to get muddy, so I have a week off to get dry after last weekend. Why? Why am I going? No, why are you having a week off? <sighs> Wales, England at Twickenham, isn't it? Um... <sighs> I, uh, I, I understand that. Let's just get that sorted out. Up, put it up, up, up. Right. Well, that's... Don't break it. It's only got one. Tony, just stop giggling and help him out. Uh, We've got a mic problem here. He's broke the I mic. Meant, I meant to have good hands. <laughs> Dear, yeah, no yeah, wonder yeah, can't yeah. catch a rugby ball. <laughs> right, that, that's a bit better. Um, you're off to see... Is it... You're off to see the Unhome an, an International, but it's the first ever one you've seen, isn't it? No, so... Oh, live. I've, I, I've been before, but uh, it's the first time I'm going to get to go with my uh, brother and my dad. So, uh... It's family day, yeah, that's brilliant. It, yeah. I so, mean, um, there is, joking apart, there is more to play in sport, and a, and a family day out with your brother and your dad watching England thrash Wales is, is going to be our ups. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's hope. Yeah, I, I'm only going to miss two this season uh, from doing other things, which, out of however many play, 20 odd, but it's, it's not too bad, so... I'm taking, I'm taking a bit of heat for it, obviously, but... Um, I, I, yeah. I, 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 rightly has, so. Has it been sort of universally accepted by your teammates? I've gone behind the scenes, haven't told them yet. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, it's out now. Yeah, no, it's, um, yeah, it comes with all the grief, doesn't it? But, yeah. Oh, all dear, that should, that should be fun when the captain meets up with the team. Yeah, I'll be, I'll be fined heavily. Uh, <laughs> while we've got you on the back foot, then, uh, we've two defeats out of the last nine outings, which is fantastic. The Cars School influence is beginning, I think, to show its magic at, um, at Callum Road. But, again, doing my own work... I find out that in days of old, when you was a pupil at Cars, you and a sportsmaster never really hit it off. Now you and the said sportsmaster are working hand in hand to make Newark Rugby Club a force to be reckoned with. What's changed? Uh, it's all lies, I think, that first bit. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, th- I think, uh, obviously, talking about um, James Offrey's coming to, to assist um, Corky, Adam Corkin, with the, with the backs and... Um, yeah, school. I think we talked about when he came to interview for the for the job. Um, he was still playing, and he had a clear idea on how he wanted things to be played. And I was obviously at, at an age where I, what, what I thought said, what I thought I said was uh, was right, and there was no uh, no other way. So obviously, naturally clashed on that. Um, but I think we've we've really founded a huge mutual love of rugby now, which is amazing. At kind of at our level. Um, looking at all the games and uh, and uh, you know a Premiership and international level or two, we're both massive, massive fans. I think we've really bonded over that, which has been really good. It does. I mean, I'm, I'm without 
going back to last season when from a layman's view it was almost meandering along and that is how i thought this season started but from late autumn when i would suggest the coaching the training began to start kicking in properly of what he wanted you to do he was beginning to to do it if the season started sort of middle of november first of december you'd be miles away at the yeah end. yeah we were just saying that the other day it's a shame that we had that that slow start i think probably what you said a minute ago about you know moving on kind of last season weighing on as we had a bit of a slow start uh and obviously with new coaches new ideas new squad members that that those first few games were tough to adjust to but you know when you do look at it we only lost by a few points i think we got we got hammered by dromfield away but other than that we we were in i think we picked up losing bonus points from I think most of those games so it was it was always close and then like you said kind of uh november late november early december time um the kind of the the way we wanted to play clicked i think we got regular consistent availability and selection of players which is huge at this the, level that was the other thing wasn't yeah because because as rob tells us on, on a monday night or rob did used to tell us on a monday night at the start first two months of the season you never got anything close to the same 15 yeah and uh, I'm, I'm guessing in rugby, probably more, more than football, you really do need to know what the man alongside of you is going to do and where he's going to be. Yeah, well, I obviously dislocated my knee. <laughs> obviously, another injury. Well, in, uh, in a, <laughs> <laughs> I was going to happen, wasn't it? In, uh, in, the, in that pre-season Centurion game at uh, Southall, um, about 10 minutes in. So I was out for seven odd weeks. Um, so missed most of those games. Uh, Jed Chappell, our starting hooker, um, injured his knee in the first game. Um, there was a couple of key forwards out and those those injuries if you get them in a couple of key positions do weigh on you so once we got people back in and back back fit and you know we've recruited a few more more guys to fill those spots um, start to make a massive difference and I also think the fact that we've now got a consistent strong second team has been invaluable as well so when those guys have had to come up it's been a great transition as opposed to kind of you know trying to trying to scrape around and see what you can get we've had real strong players to come in and cover which has been good so there's always something that's going to come and sort of kick you in the teeth. And whereas it, everything got right on the pitch, the weather then decided mm. it was time to in, intervene. What's the current state of Callum Road? It's up and down, actually. I think at the moment it's not too bad. But I, ha I have seen it um, over the past couple of weeks, you know, completely, completely submerged. Um, up to the to steps, if as, as you go in, it's up to the you know way over the first creeping up the second, and that's that's a couple of foot of water. Um, but it looks as if it's drained out really nicely. And I'll tell you, what, the Newark pitch on Saturday was miles better than we play, the pitch we played on the way at Market Raisin on the weekend. Um, and that it still had standing water on it. But yeah, but when it's been bad, it's been bad. But it does seem to have recovered quite well, actually, all, all things considered, which is good. So one would hope that Robbie may be back at Callum Road this weekend. Yeah, I think if you'd asked me that probably a couple of weeks ago or um I, w I would have said no but i think the way it looks now is is um, you see, it's not just it's not just the first team and you know i i often have a ride down there on a on a sunday morning because i think it, it, it's just magical the way that you can attract probably 500 plus youngsters down there to play a very good standard of of youth rugby and of course that's what's really been impacted yeah the back pitches have taken the brunt of it which is a shame um we've obviously our tuesday and thursday training we've been doing it at the ymca 
which has been absolutely brilliant to be fair that, that's been a really really good option but you're right I think the, sh- the shame of, of the minis being affected has been a bit of a blow but as I say it looks now as if it is shaping up quite nicely again so. as, as captain of the club do you, do you get down there on a Sunday morning? Yeah, I do. At all? I, I mean, because I, I know that youngsters will look up, quite rightly, you know, if see you wandering around, look, 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 there's the captain. You know, <laughs> they look up, and that's how it works. Yeah, throwing stones at me. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I do, I do when I can. Um, I don't obviously live in Newark anymore, I live over uh, near, near Loughborough, actually. Um, so, on a Saturday night, if I haven't stuck around, it's a bit of a mission to get, then come back. But if I'm staying around or there's something on to do... Um, I'd sometimes go and try and help out with the the 14s or 15s. I was at the uh, 14s Cup game at the Magnus on Sunday. Um, and I did try and get down when I can. Yeah, it's nice. It's nice if you've uh, been out for a couple of beers the night before and go and meet the guys in the morning for a bacon sandwich and a bit of a watch. The Colts are usually on the first team pitch, which is a good watch. So I do try and get down when I can, yeah. Excellent. Um, we're just rushing through all these stories because, I mean, obviously the highlight of the night is still to come, isn't it? Yeah. Um, Southall. Which which sort of side of you in on uh, this? I mean, I, I'm on, Tony's on the same side. I want them to get promoted because I want to see Newark Southwell derbies because the crowd, the atmosphere, and there is nothing like a real head-on, let's go for it, derby match. Yeah, I, I'm all up for it. <laughs> I think the, um, it's a, something a bit different. Um, I really enjoy those games. It's it, you know it they're the two add, biggest games of the yeah, season. Yeah, of course it is. It's yeah. as simple as that. Yeah, it does add an edge to it, and they're they're doing really well, aren't they? They're, they're top of that league, so it looks like they're going to come back up, which is great. Um, it'll be good for them as well to get back into a, a wider league. They might get a few players back in, um, back down, which is. We don't want to get them too good. No, but, I mean, yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not want to give them too much praise, but yeah, no, I, I'm I'm all for it. I'm all for it for them coming back up because they're my favourite game. So it'd be good to have them back in again. Brilliant. Right, still to come, we're going to talk to uh, to Mum and a what is it? In fact, a um, a rugby mad family, but there's also a bit of an athletics influence in there. So, who is the star of the family? We need to we need to get that one work, worked out. Uh, that one's still to come. Holly Walker is still to come, and we're going to try and find out about these concussions and these red cards and has that made its way down to uh, grassroots rugby. <laughs> 7.20 on a Wednesday can only mean one thing, of course, and that is not fast. And, of course, it's not fast, Dave, and he's got a fair bit to tell us about. Uh, Dave, it's all yours. Thanks, Mick. Yeah, I have got quite a bit um, over the weekend. So, start off with the parklands. We had 20 club members over nine parklands. A little bit lower turnout because Newark was cancelled. Uh, but still some personal bests. Vic Knight and Zana Perry. Uh, Janet Davis obtained a course PB at Belton. And she was third lady back. And Kim Etherington Bates, she also got a course PB at Belton and ran her 100th partner. Now, moving on to competitive racing on Saturday was the Beaver Challenge. Uh, not a beaver in sight, nor any other semi aquatic rodents, but it was a very muddy trail race around the Vale of Belvoir. Um, probably one of the most challenging years in its 30 year run this year. We had um, quite a few members take part, 14 members take part in the 15.6-mile race. They were Anthony Cork in 3 hours 15.31, myself, David Farger, in 3 hours 16.26, Alice Alsop, 3 hours 48.28, with Chris Redhead at 3 hours 48.39, Angela Brown, Alison Greenwood, and Amy Borrell, they all crossed 
pretty much together in 4 hours 21 to 4 hours 22. Uh, Suzanne Kelly, 4 hours 23.09. Gemma Lindsay, 4 hours 23.30. Peter Brown, 5 hours 18.54. Diane Kennett, 5 hours 37.18. Faith Patterson, 5 hours 57.35. Joel Good, uh, 5.57.38. And Sarah Walker, 609.53. Braving the full 26.2 mile course was... Simon Locke in 4 hours 52.41 and Caroline Upton in 5 hours 49.50. Moving on to Sunday, uh, Andy Floyd, he ran the the 15-kilometre dark and white peak spring series. Uh, He completed that in 2 hours 3.09. And the Needhams, Sue and Steve Needham, they um, ran the rather hilly and scenic Warwick Half Marathon. Now, that's in lieu of the Tokyo Marathon that they were due to go to, um, but that's been the mass particip- that participation aspect has been cancelled. So they were aiming for, uh, Steve was aiming for two hours. He got one hour 56.17, which is a new personal best. And Sue was aiming for two hours 30, and she got two hours 30.08. So pretty much on the nose for um, aims. David Haynes, he was um, in London for the London Vitality Big Half. Now, he decided to run that for his birthday. He knocked off four minutes off his best time in one hour, 38.22. On to longer-distance walking, Stuart Ashley took part in the Hannington Hike. There's 28 very muddy miles and very windy conditions. That was nine hours, 49, and Edward Caseborne completed the... 18.5 mile course in 7 hours 30. It's quite a lot over the last week, so it brings total competitive running for not fast in February to 1,160 kilometres. So um, I think the last week has just upped the ante a little bit, especially after the, the last few weeks of cancelled races. I gave Andy Floyd the uh, the award for for the 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 maddest run of the um, weekend because I think you've got to be slightly mad if you're going to do anything like running or walking in the dark in the dark and white white peaks especially in the weather conditions that we've had of lately uh but only because i haven't got a clue where hannington is uh you know what neither do i um if i make a uh, elongated pause while i google it on the phone um as if i pretend like i know what i'm talking about um i still can't find it well, we'll do that one for next week. Um, but uh, we're, we're going to give it to Andy th- th- this week because, as I say, if, if you're going to go running um, up up there, then you either got to be just slightly mad or or, or very, very, or very, yeah. very fit and brave. Hmm. Um, I'll let you decide where Andy comes in all that. <laughs> no, no answer there. <laughs> uh, this weekend, lots to do. Um, you know what, I don't know of any races on this weekend. There are some, um, but what they are, I couldn't tell you. Well, so be... we'll, uh, we'll find out next week. So, with that and finding out where Hannington is, you've got a busy week. I think I have indeed. <laughs> we'll catch you next week. Lovely, thanks, Mick. Thanks, bye-bye, Dave. Cheers. Bye, and that's all the Not Fashion News, and we still don't know where Hannington is, but I'm sure somebody will tell me, um, somebody will tell me, where it is it's out there it is out there somewhere apparently i'm mick bradley he's tony smith this is radio new at sport with our friends at smith timber we do thank him very much for their continued support now 
of over five years supporting this show and Newark Sport. And don't forget, we are on, on Instagram and we always put a photo of our guests on Instagram or in tonight, one of our guests on Instagram. Um, and a Sport HQ debut tonight because, um, as we've said in the past, um, every superstar needs a good mother and... The captain of Newark Rugby Club, even though he is missing this weekend's game to go and watch a game, um, the captain of Newark Rugby Club is is a star. He is the second youngest ever captain of Newark Rugby Club, as Mr Swain pointed out to us when we said he was the, the youngest ever. We got that one slightly wrong, but never mind. Um, the president of the World Britain Fan Club is, of course, his mother. And uh, she's agreed to come and talk to us here at Sport HQ. So welcome to Radio Newark, to Jackie Britton. Hello there. Um, lovely to see you. Now, rugby has always been part of your family. It's in it's in the family's DNA, really, mm-hmm. isn't it? Very much uh, so. But what, um, and I'll come back to this, this bit later, but what many people doesn't know, there's, all, there's also a, a superstar runner as part yeah. of the family. But when, <laughs> let's come back to that, because this, mm. this, this is primarily about rugby first. Um, my... Uh, my youngest grandson plays plays rugby now at Sandbach, and uh, his mother's always gone to watch him. And we, if we get a phone message or a text message on a Sunday morning somewhere around lunchtime, Grandma basically just stops in a track, starts shaking, and says, "You read it, you read it." She refuses to go and watch him. Um, Grandma does um, because he is a bit like your son. If there's an injury to have, he'll have it. Um, <laughs> Um, what's it like for you? Because you've grown up with with rugby and you've no doubt watched him from knee to a grasshopper Mm. until now. So I suppose question one is, does it get any easier? No, (laughs) not at all. Um, No, I think obviously when they play what I call men rugby, obviously they are great big people. And I remember the first time when he played for the first team, he was in sixth form at school and he was only 17. He played one game for the seconds. And then the then coaches, Darren Gawley and Bob Nash had asked him if he'd like to play for the firsts. And so Graham and I went down, proud parents, and we stood there. And they all came running out. And I can't remember who the opposition were, but I do remember saying to Graham, oh, Graham, look at them, they're so big. And all Graham said was, well, he'll have to run faster then, won't he? And <laughs> well, that, that's the dad's that's, perspective of it. Yeah, so that was sort of like, get over it, really. You've got to, you know, if he's if he's good enough, he's just got to get on with it. So, But it's, it's, it, it's not always easy, no. And I miss, I often miss tries being scored or fisticuffs on the other side of the pitch because if there's a breakdown in play... And there's a rook, and he's somewhere in that. I don't watch where the play goes. I wait till the rook's finished, and I know he's got up. So because he's not, he's not, he's not what you call built as a rugby player, is he? I mean, he's got more of a stature of a football than a rugby player, and, and he did, he, he did desert rugby for a time, didn't mm-hmm. he? He did. He had a couple of years in the wilderness, which broke his dad's heart when he he went off and. Uh, lovely chap called glenn cobb well glenn's the... actually listening to this oh, this tonight right. well, uh, very... because glenn remembers of course both <laughs> right. of you well a very lovely chap called glenn cobb uh will was at school with fraser and good friends with fraser and glenn had a mind that he wanted to start a little football set up for young people there wasn't any young 
football in Newark at that time, if I remember rightly. And uh, he started off a little band of them up on the field up at Farndon. There weren't many of them, and some of them were less keen than others. <laughs> but uh, you, they, they sort of formed a really good core of players, and they had a couple, well, you had, what, two, three, maybe four really successful seasons. So, um, yeah. But I mean, obviously, we we, but, we went, we watched, we supported, but this didn't go down well with father. Then. Well, he, yeah, I think when you had your David Beckham moments, probably not. I didn't score many. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but I think Graham would always say, any sport, <clears throat> you know, for for young people, any sport is good. So um, you know, and and you don't want to. Well, you didn't, we, there was never an idea of forcing them to play anything because so, I think there's so many things you have to do. The things, the other things you do, you should do because you enjoy them. Really, I, I say it's a rugby mad mm. family. Just mm. tell us a bit about the rugby and the Britain family. Well, obviously, um, there's Graham and uh, his brother. Um, Graham's first sport was always cricket, so Graham's main sort of real passion was cricket, and then he used to play rugby in the winter to keep himself fit really i think as much then it's obviously really enjoyed it and having gone to the magnus as a grammar school um that was um sort of a traditional thing that they all did and then obviously um glenn was was exceptionally successful um at newark and <clears throat> lots of representative rugby so um and then when we had the boys that was when um graham took them down will's got an older brother nick who's a couple of years older took nick down to see whether he liked it and just couldn't Graham had never been down on a Sunday morning obviously only played on a Saturday and couldn't believe the setup that was the mini and youth section at Newark Rugby Club so that's sort of where it all started for these and, and then when they decided that you know I'm going to play rugby and that means you have to spend every Sunday morning mm. I take it you would rather watch than not be there to get told later that he's injured yes I think um, that's my view on it, really. I think I would rather be there. Uh, <laughs> the dislocated knee weekend at the beginning of this season, I was actually down... I, I thought it was pre-season friendly. In theory, and I'd yes. Gone, I'd gone to the theatre in London and uh, sent a little text message, uh, back at King's Cross, the train's all on time, and all I got back was a photograph of Will on the physio couch with dislocated knee. So... <laughs> It's, uh, that's when I wasn't there, the once. But, it, was, um, I, I, it wasn't amusing, That that's the wrong word, but the you saw those a Newark player down, and I think everybody at the same time decided which one it was going to be, and was all correct, it was. <laughs> um, but was all in total despair that the season hadn't even kicked off, and, and mm. you're losing your, your captain for at least two, three months. I mean, I was talking about Christmas after Christmas and you sort of went home thinking, oh, this, is, this is just, it can't get worse than, than, than this. But that's our, our perspective. Mm. You've got to come back from King's Cross thinking, yes, where is he? How uh, is he? And, he was uh, flying, Will and uh, Sally were flying to Croatia. Croatia the next morning. So half the journey on the way back to, from <laughs> King's Cross was talking to Sally to see how we could facilitate that with crutches and extra leg room on the flight and all the other <laughs> well, I jumped all the queues at the airport it was great 
<laughs> I'll keep the brace and strap it on next time. I take it, I take it Sally is the other half. Yeah, yes. Sally's my uh, half. How did it, that yeah. go down then? Yeah, I think it was a bit... Was she more <laughs> compassionate than mother? Uh, yeah, yeah, I think um, there was a bit of a raised eyebrow over the, you know, whether I was going to be able to actually go, but as soon as it was all clear that I could fly, I think she was a bit happier. And uh, she was good. She was, uh, she, she looked after me well, so it was nice to have a week off. She's still learning, isn't she? Yeah, she's, she's, like, her, she's, yeah. she's not been to too many games and she's still learning, but uh, I do get a lot of, is he all right? <laughs> How competitive is it then between Glyn, who, who mm. obviously made a very big name for himself, mm. and the current captain? But let's now move on a little bit, mm. because your brother, mm-hmm. um, his two daughters are fairly well known, certainly to us in this studio, mm. and... One of them is now well known right throughout the world, and of course mm-hmm. that's that's Amy and Holly yeah. Hunt. So, how competitive a family is it? <laughs> I think I'm probably the least competitive in the family, to be honest. I do a little bit of running, and my main ambition is to try and do a park run in less than thirty-five minutes. So. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Which I haven't yet achieved. <laughs> so uh, I am uh, just getting round is enough for me. Well, I'll be passing but... you you will, yes, you will. Um, I don't, com- yeah, they are compact. I mean, I've, you've obviously not mentioned um, Will's brother Nick. He played rugby too, and he. I'm leaving is, all that to you. Well, so he played rugby too because we had a uh, phone call from him last season. He torn his ACL. Play- he was down in Wiltshire, so again, sort of quite a distance away. Yeah, okay. I've managed that one yet? Yeah, a practicing vet. So obviously he oh, couldn't. That, that's one. No, that's practicing great, yeah. farm vet, sorry. Yeah. So obviously he couldn't practice. Um, so there are all four of obviously Nick and Will and Amy and Holly are all very sporty. Love it. Um, obviously Amy has got huge success now, which she's worked very very hard for, and uh, she's reaping the benefits of it. We, she's doing amazingly well. People that's a lot better than Tony and I of a judge of a sports person. Um, the president, no less of the not 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 uh, the Nottinghamshire Athletic Association, mm. he he thinks it will not be surprised in the slightest if they, assuming the Tokyo Olympics go ahead, mm. to see her in the Tokyo Olympics. I think at the moment she's just she's got such a lot on because obviously she's doing her A levels and she's learning to drive and she's had lots of events happening. So I think she's and she's obviously got her university choices to make as well. So I think at the moment she's just trying to sort of stay in a zone and, and sort of probably have a little bit of a bubble around her and, and try not to get too caught up in, in things that may or may not happen. So I think that's probably how... I'm putting words into her mouth, obviously, but I think that's probably how she would um, think about it. But obviously, it's a very real possibility. She's hugely talented and sometimes, you know, things sometimes you're in the right place at the right time and it all clicks together. So... Uh, we shall see, I guess. But yeah, I mean, obviously, we're always hugely proud. We'll try and catch her. Um, my brother's really good at letting us know when she's on, and Graham gets all the little bits and bobs up on the. Because um, some of the events are less uh, publicised than others, but there's always some little YouTube channel or what have you that's um, streaming it. So uh, we try and catch it as much as we can. But, you've yeah. been you've been gazumped as the as the leading uh, sports person. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I've, yeah, I've, she, she's she's amazing, isn't she? Yeah. Um, yes. You can't, yes. You can't compare. It's it's different, but obviously her talent is off the off the mm. scale. She's yeah, she's great. I think we're very lucky as a family to have four really yeah. wonderful and you know really really lovely people and you know 
really talented. Because as, as we've, we've spoke about many a times, um, Holly the cricketer <laughs> and the, the person that, that gave me my biggest ever put down on, on yeah. this, this show, yeah. what sort of bowler are you thinking? Fast bowler, spin bowler? I'm an accurate bowler. Oh, okay, yeah. that's a. <laughs> so Holly is, is not short of confidence either, shall we yeah. say? And that was probably a couple of years ago. It so was actually, yes. Yeah, yeah. She's 15 now, so she's. Uh, Yep. It was. It was. It, it, it was just brilliant, Tony. I think you know from your your career reporting and sporting time, it, it's it's right to have a Briton as captain of New York Rugby Club. It just feels right, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, uh, Glenn was uh, picked up by England uh, shortly before my time at the Advertiser, but um, I um, I actually interviewed uh, Will's dad. Uh, Graham when he played his final game for Newark uh, at, 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 at cricket and uh, we went down the following day and we got a picture of um, of Graham coming out of the pavilion at Callum Road uh, in his Newark sweater and then we arranged a, a photograph with Graham coming into bowl with the uh, scoreboard in the background and our photographer was the batsman and obviously graham bowled it wide of the photographer but i was wicket keeper standing probably about 20 yards back behind our photographer and the ball shot through and smacked me on the knee before i had a chance to put my hand down good lad and and, and so yeah i can't stand the family <laughs> 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 but 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 in all seriousness i've said this before about amy that we on this program we lord the achievements of people in Newark, the fact that they are the best in Newark, and then we say how well they've done for the county, and then nationally. With Amy, we're talking about the world, and, you know, I mean, you just sort of go, oh, my goodness, because I've never dealt with anything at that level before. And and it's, it's so gobsmacking to be able to do that, but so wonderful to find somebody who's such a genuinely nice person enjoying success at that stratosphere. It's just amazing. Just actually, what I've just been thinking, and that that don't happen often, but the match that's closest to where you actually live, you could almost walk to this match. Yeah, I know it's I the one that you're it. missing. It's my home game. <laughs> yes, my, my, yeah, no, it's yeah. unbelievable. No, yeah, yeah. Is he missing again to watch an international? <laughs> apparently, we not, should have made a lot about. Apparently, this. he's not played. It. <laughs> Rob Warman never mentioned. Uh, I've kept it quiet. <laughs> thanks, so thanks for that. Until yeah. now. <laughs> Are um, you coming in again? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just, to, just get serious for a couple of minutes. See, the thing we said right at the beginning about these concussions were reduced by 28% rugby and there was 74% more yellow cards, 138% more red cards. Has the high tackle sanction framework, as they call it, worked its way down to grassroots rugby? Because the last home game I, I saw it knew it when you had two sin binned within five minutes and you had numerous conversations with the referee it didn't seem to have worked its All way down <laughs> yes um to, to be to be really honest no because a huge part of it is on review so the sanctions they have are you know is there contact with the with the head and neck yes or no is there force is there any mitigating factors so are they ducking down and you can't you know you can't do that at, at our level um, I think there's a general wider awareness of it. So you hear people, you know, hear ref, you get more frequent conversations and warnings from the ref saying you need to keep it down, you need to keep it down. Um, 
but you, you, you're never going to get the same the same level of it. I think at our level, it's you probably see more from say head on knee, head on hip sort of thing. Um, but the the protocols probably aren't implemented. But I think the the ethos and effort behind reducing those head on head, shoulder on head injuries has definitely cascaded. Yeah, I do. I've always think thought that football can learn an awful lot from rugby. Because I'm like Tony, it's we a football background. But I love the rugby side of it and the way that the match officials talk to the players um, I think is great. When he calls you over, do you just, do you engage or is it just listen to what he's got to say, smile at him and walk away? Yes, sir, no, sir. Three bags full, sir, every time. Um, There's no sense in writhing him, is there? Because if you rile him, you're going to lose. No, just tell him what he wants. Um, Yeah, different refs probably want different things. Some call you over to tell you something. Some call you over for a conversation, you know. Some want you to go up to them when there's a break and play and get your point across. I think it's just it's just horses for courses. Um, I, I'm going back to when you had the two simbind, mm. uh, and there's a lot of let's just say the ref the the the, 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 the popular stand, and the referee wasn't shall we say on the same wavelength at New York that afternoon, but from where I was standing, quite clearly he was telling you and the player what he didn't want to see. Mm. And quite clearly, 30 seconds later, he saw it. Yeah. So, so he's, a, yeah. He's a, you can't really argue with that. No, time. yeah, and I get, all the grief, I get all the grief from the refs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's one of those things, you know, got a couple of tall lads in our team. It's, talked about those mitigating factors. You well, know, that, that was it. I mean, it was the six-foot-something player of your team against a five-foot... It's obviously going to be it's around happen, his net. isn't it? Yeah, I think uh, the, the, the emphasis is probably made more on technique so anticipating your height difference and you know getting low before but you know like when things happen in a split second like that i think for those guys it's, it's tough so yeah the the the, the 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 major difference between refereeing uh in football and and, uh, and in rugby union is the way in rugby union the referee actually talks to the players in football the players tend to shout at the referee and the referee goes go away I, I think it's wonderful at international football where the referee is mic'd up and there was that classic bit where, where, where Nigel Owens said to, said to uh, a player, let me introduce myself. I am the referee and what I say goes, go away. <laughs> <laughs> wonderful. Yeah, it's, it, it's true, although I will, I will stick up. I'm going to say it because I do feel quite strongly about it. I will stick up for football for a minute because if you watch... Um, you know the rugby I'd, I think the standards are slipping definitely um, I think if you'd have seen what you hear a few years ago you get people march back 10 yards or an early early card to quieten down and I, and I do think it's going that way plus the fact that football is obviously generally a quicker game people want to see high speed stuff so in rugby where there's more stoppages in plays there's chances to have those conversations whereas I think football the, obviously the idea is to keep things moving so it's not always as easy so we're going to stick up for the footballers there to be fair as long as you don't stick up for VAR you'll be alright <laughs> <laughs> ok to the phone lines and it was a massive massive um, Saturday night for um, a young year 7 girl at the Magnus she lives on Fernwood her name's Holly Walker and she was a player escort at the Women's League Cup Final at the City Ground and she joins us on the phone now. Holly, good evening. Good evening. Um, I said it was a big night for you. You was a player escort. How did it happen? How did you get to do that? Oh, well, my dad just my dad literally just signed up and then out of the blue he just got an email like, 
a few, like a week before, and it just happened. Excited for that week then? Was, was that a long week, or did you go out and tell everybody straight away? Yeah, I was literally telling everyone that I was going to be on TV and things. Right, it was Arsenal against Chelsea, and it was at the city ground. So, who did you get to walk out with? Um, I got to walk out with an Arsenal player called Vivian Medima. And was you an Arsenal or a Chelsea fan for the night? Um, an Arsenal fan. And I think I know why you're an Arsenal fan, but can you tell everybody why you're an Arsenal fan? Because... One of my my favourite women's player was is in the Arsenal team. She was she's best mead, but she's currently injured at the minute. Right. So um, you got there early, then. Um, you, you, I assume you you you've lined up in the tunnel. You met the players. You walked out for the for the handshakes and everything. Um, how proud was you? Like it was amazing. It was an amazing experience. Do you play football? Then are you are you, are you a footballer? Yeah, I do actually. I play for RHP Colts. Good girl. We like, we like RHP in, in, on, on this radio station. What position do you play? Forward. And do you get many goals? Usually, yeah. Usually. But I'm also told that uh, football's not your only sport because you're an all round sports person. What else do you play? Um, hockey, netball, even rugby. Even rugby. Well, we've got the Newark Rugby Club captain in here listening tonight. So, how about joining the Newark Rugby Club girls? I could. You'll know, have to have a word with Mum about that. I'll have to have a word with Mum about that that one. Um, Holly, can you put your mum on the phone for for me, please? Sure. Hello. Holly's mum. It's Kim. Um, uh, did, did you go to the match? Uh, we did. Yes. And how proud was? Uh, you sitting sitting in the stand there at the city ground while um, your daughter walks out onto the pitch. Oh, we were really really proud of her. Um, she she had the best time. It was it was such an experience for her, um, and obviously getting to meet some of the superstars of the game as well. I mean, it doesn't get better than that really for somebody who enjoys football like she does. It, it was it was a cracking night and we're all proud of her. We're going to try and get um, both of you into the studio for a longer chat in 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 the next few weeks. So I'll, I'll get in touch and uh, and we'll have you both in the studio and uh, we'll talk a, a bit more at length about okay. Holly and her sport. Kim, thank you very much for getting in touch with us. A great night for Holly. She'll be so proud of it. Um, if you've got any pictures, let us have them and we'll put them on our social media pages. No worries. Okay, thank you. Thank you very much. Thanks, then. Thanks, bye. How old is Holly? Year, year seven. Eleven or twelve. Eleven or twelve. I think she's. I think she's twelve. <laughs> Absolutely brilliant. What, what was your highlight then, Will? You know, eleven and twelve. What was your sporting highlight? <laughs> <laughs> what? What are you looking at? Sports day. Sports day. Oh what! Come yeah, on, mum! Come on, mum! Oh, no, I say. remember now. Yeah, I got <laughs> cheat, cheated out of first place in the year six sports day. <laughs> <laughs> Someone cut across my lane. I've, I've, I've not bothered. I've let it go. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> you, you, you've not held a grudge, have you? No, no, no. Still, still sore. <laughs> I yeah. need to remember. I knew yeah. when do I you, looked. Do, so you you actually, <laughs> do you actually talk to the person still? Are you in touch? No, no chance. No, I'm not no. spoken to since. I'm not going to name them. <laughs> <laughs> name and shame. Yeah, yeah. No, I was well no. beaten. Um. <laughs> 
I, we we both love going to Newark Rugby Club because of, of, of what it is. You're almost going back in time to when sport was how we think it, it should be. And the chairman came in here at the start of the season and, and I said, you know, you, you've got fantastic facilities, second to none, but you know, you've got to be realistic about this. The team is in Division 2 of the East Midlands League, whereas the facilities that you've got says they should be an awful lot higher. And the only way you're going to get that team higher is to pay them money and attract players <laughs> in from Nottingham and Lincoln or whatever. That, that's what happens. It, it, it's, it's unfortunately a fact of life. And he says, under my stewardship, that is not happening. Newark Rugby Club is a community club for Newark. Some seasons will be good, some seasons we're not going to be good, but my players are playing because they want to play and they want to wear that badge. Absolutely brilliant, wonderfully commendable, but it, by the virtue of the fact that, that we're Scunthorpe are now, it's going to hold Newark back. So where does the captain come in all this? I agree fully. Good man. With the chairman. <laughs> Good man. Yeah, I, I think we've touched on it before, haven't we? It's a, it's a dangerous game. Uh, and I, um, if pushed, if really pushed on it, I'd say I don't think you should be paying at this level. Some clubs do. But I think when you get into Midlands 1, it's more of a conversation. Um, I think um, to you know warrant that injection of cash, wherever it comes from, that's a whole different story. You need to be finishing, you know, consistently top three for a couple of years, and the, and then you have that conversation to say, look, we need a couple of some, you know, a bit of something to get us over the line here. Whether that's a couple of key players or we recruit, you know, a couple of guys in uh, to get us through promoted, and then and then look at a bit of money for the next year if we get into Midlands One. But I think definitely, like I've said before, at the moment for me, uh, and I know the guys and the coaches, and obviously the committee that's spoken for by Andrews, um, the priority is getting guys in who who want to play. Um, and, and that, that's and you, 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 you can now say to a ten or eleven-year-old on a Sunday morning that you know you can be the next Will Britain. Yeah, I think so. I think can't you? I think it would it would change if if you had that dynamic where there was a professional um, element to it. I think it would change the dynamics of the club completely. And you know, you sort of pick me out as a rugby mum, as it were. But you know, I said to Will beforehand, I'm not the only rugby mum. There's several of the players that have come right through the minis and youth some mums have been there and they're still there on a saturday and that's what you would lose isn't it yeah i would I, well for me which well, yes. is what you would lose because yes. you know you'll yes. go through the youth ranks mm. and then there's nowhere else to go is there? and so, i think as well there's a huge amount of volunteers down at newark rugby club you know the board and there's key people within the club that do all the little jobs that you know you don't see put, putting the flags out and doing the changing rooms and you know, all sorts of little bits and bobs, or, organising transport if you're playing away and, you know, different bits and bobs like that. It's, and I think they're all the bits that it, make make the club it, very special. Exactly. Very special. That, that's what makes makes mm. a club, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, if you set your stall out like FlowServe have done, you know, this is the aim, this is where we are going, this is what we need to do, then you have no choice but to go down the road that they have, have gone down. But going down that road they have obviously lost it's not a Newark team anymore it's four or five Newark players and the background is Newark but there's people and there's lovely lads that's come in don't get me wrong 
because that's their goal. Newark's goal is to remain a community club mm. within Newark, and if that can be maintained, I'm, I'm all for it. Yeah, I agree. I I love uh, the club unconditionally more than anything. Uh, mum, mum will tell you, it's my... my yeah. Well, that's Mum and Sandy <laughs> Paul on the back, on the back foot. Yeah, obviously they're up there as well, but... Yeah, OK. Um, <laughs> I hope Sandy's not listening to this. Is, well, yeah. Uh, more, I'll change the keywords. I love... Ru- just make a note of that one, Tony, will you? I'm sure we can edit this. <laughs> yeah, definitely. But that, like you said, the way... But the, I love it the way it is, and that's... Richard Staniforth, lovely man, Richard. I, I love Richard to bits. Um, his wife came in. A bit, you know, like we're doing tonight, and and Cleo stood there or sat there and was talking about tennis, and she'd been to Wimbledon for finals day or something, and apparently she actually said live on air that that was the highlight of her life, the biggest day of her life, and then Tony pointed out we've got three children and you got married. <laughs> And her face was an absolute picture. <laughs> absolute picture. And that one tonight... Yes. That one tonight, just about, just about, lives with that one. Well, well Newark are playing away to, to Loughborough. Is it a game that they should win? They're about on par on the table, aren't they? Yeah, we played um, uh, the Magnus, not this weekend, just gone the weekend before. I thought that was a great, great you afternoon. Know, I, I, I mean, the weather was really awful, yeah. as usual, but it was a great afternoon. Yeah, well, I really, really enjoyed it, actually. Obviously, we're pretty apprehensive. Um, you know, you lose your home game, in inverted commas, um, but the support was brilliant. Um, I, I, I do have to say the highlight of the afternoon, though, was to see the great and the good of New York Rugby Club fall off that double deck. Oh, yeah. No, when yeah. it pulled into yeah, the... You could hear them, hear them coming off when we were warming up, the Barmy oh, Army. So, dear, yeah. dear. Yeah. <laughs> we, were, we really, we were really lucky to get one down, so, yeah, it was good. Um, but, yeah. again, that's what a community club can do, isn't it? Yeah, definitely, yeah. It, it's what it does. Thank you so much, both of you, coming in. Jackie, I know you've... Um, been a little bit nervous about this, but now, but now, now you've been in here once, you, you'll come back and see us again, won't you? We'll see. We'll see. I'm <laughs> sure. I'm absolutely sure. Um, you will, will, as ever. I didn't realise you come all the way over from Loughborough. I really do. Thank you for that. No, That's uh, it. Thank you. Your, your, um, your time is fantastic. Um, tomorrow night it's the Thirsty Football Show, and we have a new game to play, oh, of which I won't bother telling Tony or Dave about until tomorrow night so um, no I'm not telling you so so massive thanks to, to Jackie massive thanks to Will and to Kim and to Holly and to of course Not Fast Dave coming up now the happiest man on radio because the tunes in the sixth round of the FA Cup Sir Douglas Hall radio next. New World.